0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. So, Brennan, do you believe in aliens?
1: I mean, I I wouldn't ever put it down and say I don't believe at all, but I am a little skeptical.
0: Yeah, well, today we have a guest on that could make you a believer. Mm,
1: well, I guess we're going to have to find out. So welcome to Suss, Share Your Scare, where we talk to real people and hear real stories. I'm your host, Brennan Taylor. This is my brother, Jake. What's up? And today's actually Jake's birthday. Thank happy you. Happy birthday, Thank Jake. You. All right, this February second. If it goes up a little late, happy <laughs> birthday, Jake. Our guest today is an ex-federal agent. He is a UFO investigator and he's a host of a brand new show called UFO Witness. Let's introduce to the podcast Mr. Ben Hansen.
2: Hey guys, how's hey. Going? how you doing? How you doing, man? And happy birthday! Thank how, you. How old are you today? Shh, I'm turning.
0: I turned 28. I'm wow. old. You know,
2: man. Oh man, it was one of my favorite ages. <laughs> well, I'll keep downhill. Be- oh, downhill. Oh, no, downhill. No, downhill I'm, I'm at
0: the peak. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, man, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on the podcast. It's truly this is an honor. I feel like because you know you don't usually have an ex federal agent or. Anyone that's this into UFOs on yeah. the, the podcast is crazy. It's thanks. Oh, thanks
2: thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I was just going to say, especially during these times right now, we're seeing more and more UFO sightings all over. Like there just was one in California recently. Literally like a couple days ago. Yeah. Did you hear about that one? Um, which one? Where was it at? <laughs> there was one uh, over like the 101 freeway. It oh, was, I think maybe th- I it was heard this something photo. about it. I don't know if you can really see okay, that. Yeah, TMZ reported I think on I it. I did
2: see that one. Yeah, and I- yeah, it's it's been a big year. It's been a, a big couple of years for UFOs, and it's like a lot of people who just you know know it from TVs and movies and stuff aren't too into it. All of a sudden, are taking notice, and the media is taking notice. So everyone's talking about it.
1: Yeah. What do you think about that? Like, I know, you know, just a couple years ago, it wasn't really that big of news. And now it's like, you know, people are posting their sightings here and there. And like the quality of the evidence is getting better and better. How do you how do you feel about that being an investigator yourself?
2: Well, it's it is interesting because if, if you know, if we were to have lived in the 50s and 60s, right, it was probably a much bigger deal then, too, because they went through these trends, what they call UFO flaps, which are like, you um, kind of explosions of UFO cases. The people were frantic. Uh, people were panicking, right? And then it kind of settled down. It happened again in the 60s. Um, there was some in the mid-70s. And then when Close Encounters and E.T. and all these alien movies came out in the 80s. So it seems like every decade has something like this. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the first time that the uh, the media has really taken it seriously. Um Kind of demanding some stuff and putting pressure, and the government is actually now admitting they're you know far more involved than they were. So it is different than you know way back then.
1: Why why do you think that the government is you know admitting now that these things are happening when they're the ones who've leaked footage in the past? Like why are they? <laughs> why do you think they're finally taking you know accountability all, accountability for it?
2: Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say they have accountability. I, I almost want to say it's because they're like forced to. Mm. You know, if if you look at all the stuff that's come out that the government is is now kind of embarrassed about, and we get to see the inner workings of how politics takes place and all this. And it's like, now we have agencies like the Navy who had been denying that they investigate UFOs at all, and we find that they've spent $22 million on a Department of Defense project, right? Wow. To look into the strange paranormal UFO stuff. And so I think they kind of got caught. I mean, it's not like they wanted to keep this ultra secret if someone did some digging they could have found it not all of it was classified but it's kind of like um I don't know it, everything that's taken place in this if you want to call it a movement of disclosure has been because there's been pressure on the government yeah and for sure. if you think also my theory is they have everything to lose and nothing to gain by telling us right yeah i mean what if if you're if you're to come out now and say oh yeah yeah we've been uh Making stuff up and lying to you for the past seventy plus years, right? What mm-hmm. what does that do to instill confidence in the public?
1: Nothing. It loses the trust of the, of everyone.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So wow. I think that's kind of what's going on, and and I think maybe maybe the world has grown up. I don't know. We've gone through COVID. We've gone through wars. And everything through since. Then. Of- <laughs> it's like maybe we kind of grown up, and they're yeah. like, okay, well. Um, maybe they can handle the truth, but you know, I used to think that until remember the first days of COVID when like, um, people started hoarding toilet paper and like like, nearly killing each other for it. And I'm like, uh, uh, that, that's just the news of, like, uh, a, a virus that, you know, some people are getting sick. It's not like, uh, oh, yeah, we've been visited by aliens and they might be here. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
1: And just just how people acted then, imagine how they'll act if they are saying, like, yeah, there is actually aliens here, you know? People
2: might yeah. really There'll go be crazy. Some major people freaking out. Oh. I'm okay with it, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, that would be nuts, but let's take it back a little bit. Like, what was the first thing that made you want to get into UFOs?
2: It was probably the movie E.T. Really? I mean... This just predates you guys maybe you haven't even seen it.
0: No, <laughs> we've seen E.T. E.T.
2: <laughs> I was like five years old, you know, like when I went and saw that movie, the movie theater. It's the first movie I remember seeing. And that was just like sort of a, a cool spark in my imagination. You know, what would it be like to meet an extraterrestrial? Is there life on other worlds? And, and, and E.T. was a fun-loving, you know, kind of creature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then in the 80s, there was a lot of of big UFO sightings. And I used to take, um, my my dad would find stuff in the newspaper. And I would clip out like every newspaper clipping, you know, and put it in my little book of UFO stuff. And so I was probably about 10, 12 years old when I was reading books, like adult books about UFOs. But it wasn't cool then. It wasn't cool at all. It was like um, my friends would come over to play Star Wars with me. And I would, like, turn my UFO books away, like, hide (laughs) them.
0: That's funny.
1: Would you consider yourself, like, uh, you know, I'm going to use, like, in today's terms, would you consider yourself, like, a conspiracist? Because there's no real, like, I mean, there is proof out there, but there's no, like, hard evidence. Like, here is an alien, everyone look at it.
2: Well, I mean, the terms that get thrown around a lot have different meanings to different people. Like, the the terms, uh, you know, believer and skeptic. People love to categorize people um, in black and white and... You know politics, whatever people do, it, hardly anyone is that way. Right. So when somebody says a conspiracy, you know they they often are are saying, okay, well you believe everything there is to believe about the government, you know, um, testing us or chemtrails or all this stuff, and it's like, no, it, it's not that way at all. Uh, a conspiracy is a plot by I think the the definition is by two or more people, right? right? To um, subvert, to disguise, to hide something. Mm-hmm. But a conspiracy in that case, yeah, I guess you would say I believe there's a conspiracy against UFO knowledge because I do think there's a very high probability that our government knows more than we do. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but am I a conspiracy theorist? I work in it, I investigate it, but I would say by far, like 60, 70, 80% of the stuff people bring me is just ridiculous. You know, I have an open mind. That's the thing. You have to have an open mind. You can't just dismiss it. Yeah. yeah. But how much time do you really want to spend on trying to tell someone that the earth is round and not flat? <laughs> right. You know? Definitely. Or that we didn't land on the moon. Yeah. You right. know, that you could sit there and argue till you're blue in the face and you're just like, I, you've wasted my time in my life, definitely, <laughs> you know, yeah. talking about this.
0: I've definitely but, wasted a day looking up stuff on YouTube like oh, for that.
2: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> It's well, it's amazing, it but I don't know that most people really believe some of the stuff they say. They just love to argue or they, they want to create their own little reality. But UFOs are different. UFOs, if you were to take the amount of, of witness testimony, okay? So remember, people get sent to prison based on witnesses' testimonies. Right, they right. get put to death based on witnesses' testimonies. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the bloody knife. Right. Yeah. If somebody says there's enough people that saw this happen, okay, the jury believes you. You get sentenced to death. That's
0: true. So that if you true. can
2: do that in criminal court, if you were to look at the the just incredible um, amount of evidence in favor of UFOs, when I say that, I mean like stuff that can't be explained, you know, all by you know natural phenomena or misidentification. If we're talking about craft that are beyond our capabilities, okay, mm-hmm. and that is most likely not ours. The, the evidence is overwhelming. And that's what most people don't realize. You know, you've got hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of witnesses to things that um, that, that aren't explainable naturally. And, and the s- skeptics, again, I'm using another term, but those people who just say it can't happen, they just want to dismiss it completely. And, and I think that's silly. Mm-hmm. But over the years, the government has had special teams and, and people who handle things like that. I mean, the FBI did. They they investigated cattle mutilations. Uh, Hoover, J Edgar Hoover, um, was asked to take over the UFO investigations in, I believe it was the late 40s, early 50s, right? And so they have been involved in that. But I I can say this much: nothing that I did there has anything to do with what I'm doing now. Okay. Um, if if anything, it's just that I feel like I got a better idea of how to run. Um, an objective investigation, how to talk to people, how to get witnesses to talk to me. Yeah. And kind of a, a real sense of if someone's not telling me the truth. You know, so those are things that I did. But I was so passionate about this well before I, I got into working for the government.
0: And you do other things, too. You you teach, like, gun lessons and uh, doomsday preparations and all that, <laughs> correct?
2: <laughs> I'm in a bit of everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, – I guess you could say I'm a prepper. But again, I'm not a conspiracist. If you, you know, yeah. like I don't think, you know, I don't have a bunker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just going to ask that. Do you have like it's, a, like a, a go bag?
2: Sure. Yeah. I've, I, I, uh, I have a company that sells bulletproof vests Wow. And, um, and everything like that. So I've got bug out bags and, but you know, everybody, everyone should be a prepper. And my, yeah. my belief is like, if you have a first aid kit in your car, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and people aren't laughing as much now. Um, I had like GQ and. New York Times and stuff interview me about that whole side of my life because COVID, right? right. Yeah. Like, What's going to happen? Everyone's freaking mm-hmm. out. And I'm like, well, this is this is what preparation means. We've been told by the government to prepare for emergencies to take care of ourselves. So, anyways, whole other topic. But um, yeah, I try to do a bunch of everything. You know, I'm a pilot. You know, wow. I'm an EMT. Um, you know, I. I, I just any certification that I can get, I, I love doing.
0: There's only awesome. 24 hours in the day. How do you do it all? <laughs> he's got, he's got a, he's, he can slow down time. or something. Yeah, you must have some superpowers. Are you an alien?
2: <laughs> I'll tell you, it's it's a lot of Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's like, I should, I shouldn't, you know, but I, I uh, it's it's hard to, to, to There isn't enough hours in the yeah. day, right? Yeah. you get up, and I'm like, man, I got so much, so many things, and um. Life was simpler when I was your guys's age, you know. It's like I was in college, and I just, I just had to get through school. Right, you're and just
1: flowing. Can you tell us, like, what should we have in like an emergency bag? Because, like, I have an emergency backpack in my closet, but like, what should the people have? Like, what are the main necessities?
2: Think of what your hierarchy of needs are to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing you need is shelter. Like, if you're, if you're in a place where you get hypothermia, you can die in hours. Then it's water. Right, because you, you only survive a couple days or a week, and then it's food, you know. So, mm-hmm. if if you only had, you know, like one bag to put stuff in, I in in your let's say you're going to stay home. Let's say it's an earthquake, and I just need to be at home. I would I would make sure you have um, you know gallons of water, at least one gallon per day. Um, I would have a first aid kit so you can you know kind of fix yourself up if you're severely injured. I would take a class in stop the bleed. So you can help other people because people don't realize, Hey man, earthquake happens. The fire department's not coming. That's true. Sorry. Uh, The the hospitals are overrun. Like you're on your own.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. For, for maybe several days and, and, and look in your cupboard right now. How much food do you have? Like
0: some tuna. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be screwed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Eventually it's a good idea to have three to six months of food, right? Maybe even more. But a lot of people don't even have a week's worth of food.
0: Yeah. Brennan you, Brennan just bought like a thousand seeds on Amazon so he yeah. can plant his old garden. I, I'm you.
1: ready. Right. Like if a zombie apocalypse happens, I have like all the necessities for seeds. Like I can grow my own garden. And I also bought right. a three-month supply like in a bucket worth of food. So
2: like – Dude, you're, you're far ahead. That's I, I was going to say that. Like if you don't like cooking and I don't cook, yeah, go get yourself those pre-made meals. And they don't have to be like the MREs, you know, yeah. the military. It's the ones
0: like, from REI that backpackers use. Yeah. They're, they're great. They make
2: some gourmet freeze-dried mm-hmm. meals and all you do is add water. And watch your food grow. It, like, rehydrates. (laughs) And it even tastes good.
1: Yeah. It tastes pretty dang good.
2: Yeah. But, you know, uh, something happens, like COVID, people freak out. And then, like, once it's okay again, most people are like, oh, glad we got through that. And instead of, like, building up their supplies, they wait till the next thing. Right? Mm -hmm. And then it's too late again.
0: Definitely. (laughs) Most definitely. Did you, uh... I don't know if you're on the app Clubhouse, but did you uh, recently Elon Musk was on, he was talking about aliens and what he like believes and what he doesn't believe and he pretty much said and he owns SpaceX and Tesla, so I assume he would have a good grasp on what's going on in the world, <laughs> you know. He said that uh he has not seen any evidence of aliens, but there could be dead civilizations out of space, out of our what is it? Our solar system? Yeah, out of our solar system. <laughs> and then he said, uh, he pr- pretty sure I would know about it, saying that if there was aliens <laughs> here. <like> He's <laughs> like,
2: like, oh, they'd come to me first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I was just wondering if you heard about it. What's your opinion on that?
2: Well, first of all, I joined Clubhouse like a couple days ago. Okay. Are you guys on there?
0: Yeah, I'm on there.
2: Yeah. I don't. I don't know how to use it, so maybe you can teach me. Like, <laughs> I I just pulled it up just now, and I'm like, I don't know how to get into rooms or what to do. Yeah, but um, no, I didn't hear that,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I did order uh, one of Musk's uh, cyber trucks. So I hope <laughs> <finished my> <laughs> <week>. <laughs> yeah. you better get it done quick because I need a new truck. Yeah. But um, but no, like, it's funny how a lot of people come out as an authority, kind of like I've got my hand in everything. Mm-hmm. And if something were to happen out there, I would I would know because yeah. I'm connected, right? So that's it's nice. People like that theorize, but um, I don't think that's how it works. I I do think there's a good probability yeah. we have been visited here, you know, I, not I, just some far. I, yeah,
0: planet. I agree. I mean, I, my other like, I guess conspiracy on it is that people like Elon Musk are told not to even talk about it. You know, to deny. It himself. He might know so much more than what he even is allowed to say himself, you know? And I was just thinking, like, from your investigations on, like, Project Blue Book and about the 10,000 UFO reports and stuff like that, how are you able to talk about it and not worry that, like, the government's going to knock on your door and, like, take you away for, like, the knowledge that you know?
2: Well, think of it this way, okay? No, I don't, I don't mean to minimize and say that it didn't happen, um, but it has happened in the past. We, we have plenty. I've talked to witnesses who... Uh, during Roswell were little kids, mm-hmm. okay? and, and one lady I'm thinking in particular, she handled the debris from Roswell. Okay, Her dad brought it home to her. Uh, the next morning, uh, the military, I think it was the next morning, the military shows up, asks the dad, who was a firefighter, to, to turn over the stuff, separates the kids from the parents, and takes her into the other room and says, don't ever talk about this if you do. Um, will take you out to the, the desert and uh, something to the effect that they would, they would kill her family and she'd never see them again. Wow. wow! And to a little kid, right? And so this sort of thing, it wasn't uncommon in the early days, in the 50s and 60s. The government, I think, was, and that's not to suggest that they were covering up aliens, which is probable, mm-hmm. but I think that they were scared that people would panic and they didn't know how to control whatever this was. But now fast forward to today, okay? And if someone comes up to me at my conference and says, did you see outside? There's like a black helicopter following me because, you know, the government uh, know too much and they're going to take me out. And Mm. and that's where I have to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not living in the same time period. And I'm like, look, (laughs) if they wanted you out of the way, it costs 30 cents, you know, for a round of ammo to take you out. (laughs) They're not following you. And, like, programming your brain and, and putting thoughts into your head and harassing you because they're afraid you're going to go tell someone. Yeah. And they're definitely not spending the man hours and, and uh, the resources to put a helicopter up to watch you go to the grocery store. Okay? Right. Because, uh, you know, I have worked for the government. So that's where I'm, like, I don't believe um, that, that most people, I say most people, I don't think most people – are in a position of knowing something that would get them in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now if you if you were part of let's say a secret group that that has this material and you snuck some out or you took video of it and tried to release it then yeah maybe someone might step in and you might have a little accident or a little threat or something like that but think of this if i took video of let's say a ufo landing on an air force base okay and the the aliens get out and they, they say hi to everyone. We go interview them. Or whatever. And I threatened to take that video and smuggle it out to put it on the 10 o'clock news. Yeah. How many people are still not going to believe it happened? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think we do it to ourselves because of the viral videos, the YouTube, all that stuff. Like. There's so many hoaxes out there. They don't need to do anything Mm -hmm, like we wouldn't know real evidence if it came right up and sat down next to us practically because there's so much information and so much uh, hoaxing and viral videos that I don't think the government needs to do that anymore.
1: What are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, the Bob Lazar movie that was on Netflix, huge. Everyone has seen it um, talking about how he literally worked at Area 51 and he came out with all this information and like. You know, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you believe everything he said? Is he even allowed to come out and say this? How hasn't the government taken <laughs> t- taken down?
2: You know, like those Lazar are my is such a conundrum, man. Because I, I, you know, friends of George Knapp who broke the story. Uh, I've never let Liz, uh, met Lazar myself, but you know, um, it was like back in the mid '90s, early '90s when I remember reading a Popular Mechanics article that talked about Area 51. And I always wanted to go there with my dad. We had it planned out. We were going to go up to the ridge. We were going to go look in. And, and that's when they were arresting people, you know, or yeah. getting too close. And I read all about Lazar's story. And it's kind of like I've gone through this thing of, like, believing him to then later, decades later, everyone's like, no, no, no. This didn't check out. He didn't have a record at MIT and all this stuff to not believing yeah. him. But now that he's re emerged and we're seeing that some of the stuff he was talking about matches up and watching these interviews, I'll say this much. If he's a liar, he's a real good liar.
1: That's what I was he's saying. He's a yeah. real
2: good liar. You know, and so it is a compelling uh, video. But you also have to consider consider the possibility that even Lazar may have been lied to, and he says that. You know, he knows what he was told and what he saw, but it's possible that he was being fed false information and maybe testing to see if he was going to go tell people or be part of this right story right. who knows and, it's no, i guess we just have to wait and see man, right because what, what i would I, give anything to have an invisibility suit and go to area 51 and just look around imagine you know? <laughs> <laughs> at what point
1: though does does you know something like that happen where, where one has too much information and it can't share it because you know bob lazar he showed that you know you could literally be in there and still spread the information and him not get taken down. So like at what point does someone or, or something have too much information, you know, cause people all the time are coming out. Like government's following me. Obviously we, that's a big hoax, but like at what level would someone actually have to be like, you know, be followed from. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I mean, that's speculation. I think he, in that documentary even says the reason he finally came out was to protect himself. Right. Mm. Because he had already slipped up. And, um, you know, according to him, he disclosed publicly when the testing was taking place and told his friends about what he'd seen. And so, you know, they revoked his clearance and everything. And then he felt like, okay, now I really could be at, at danger. Something could happen to me, so I have to go public. Right. Right? And so that's, I believe, if I remember correctly, that's why he went out and started talking, George Knapp, and told everything he knew because like he's got to be too valuable because he's like now if something happens to me you guys know mean. why yeah yeah um, that's true I don't know I mean it sounds like a, a sci-fi thriller yeah but I nothing really surprises me anymore so I, I I would I would hate to think anything about any government that would be so sinister to actually take people out like that right you know but the government's done it before the CIA's done it with dictators and world leaders and um. I think mostly they just kind of let it play out because if they have enough crazy stories out there, the general public doesn't know what to believe. They don't right. have to do anything.
1: How do you even, like, like, being an investigator in today's age when there's so much just, you know, editing that goes along with things, like, how do you determine what's real and what's not?
2: Well, okay, so if you're talking about UFO videos, um, you know, I've actually taken some classes in... I I wanted to know myself because I'm not like a a computer uh, programmer. I wouldn't say I'm a great editor. But I took classes in special effects to to get the basic understanding of how this stuff is done. Mm -hmm. So there are some red flags. I mean, there's stuff that you can look at. But a lot of it deals with psychology too. So if you go on and you see this video and it's like best UFO evidence ever, you know, a real shocking video of UFOs and aliens. And like if it sounds like they're trying to sell you a weight loss formula, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's probably a reason that they're, they're trying to play on your emotions because the facts of it aren't that great and they don't want to discuss the facts.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. Right.
2: And so we could go step by step and I, I show you like little things to look for in videos, but you do have to kind of break it down. And then the other thing is you can hardly talk to these people, Right. you know, YouTube and whatever, like, they make it so they're anonymous and you can rarely get someone to answer your questions about the event. And that makes the perfect hoax. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask about project blue book. How did you get introduced to Jenny, Jenny Zeidman? If people don't know, Jenny Zeidman was one of the last surviving members of the air force top secret UFO investigation called the project blue book. How'd that whole happen? Like,
2: so, um, Mark O'Connell is, um, a UFO researcher who wrote a, um, biography on J. Allen Hynek. So Dr. Hynek, for people don't know, was he's kind of like the lead consultant um, working for the Air Force. He's a civilian. He's a professor um, in the 50s, 60s. And he was called in to be like an objective scientist. He later found out they really wanted him to help debunk these sightings and to make the public not feel afraid because he could explain them away, right? Yeah. Um, but he soon found in, in the Blue Book cases that a lot of the cases were not even stopping at his desk. The, the ones that were of real importance to national security often were going over his head and going to a special unit within the Air Force. So the ones he had, which they're kind of like, okay, you, you go on this one, that one, even those ones started to turn out very significant findings. And um, Jenny Zeidman was a student, um, I think it was at Ohio State. He, uh, she was a student in one of his, his classes of astronomy, I believe, and they were out looking at some stars and they witnessed some strange object. And the next day she came back with some research and showed him, hey, I think this was such and such media or whatever. And he was so impressed. He's like, do you want to be my personal assistant? So Jenny worked for him for several years and then became a field investigator herself. And I want to say, gosh, she was like 87, 88, somewhere in her 80s but really spry. I mean, she's like very um, talkative, opinionated. (laughs) And so when Mark O'Connell was doing his book, um, he he had to kind of convince her that he was a safe person to talk to because she'd never really come out and discuss this. And so that's how they met. And then I met Jenny through Mark. And unfortunately, she died during our filming. I mean, Uh, like not in our filming, but um, while we were – between visits, uh, she, she just got sick and, and passed away. So there was so much good information we were getting from her. Uh, it's just too bad because we're losing a lot of people from that era.
0: Wow. And do you think that there is no – like she didn't leave any evidence, anything that you guys could like go through and like further that? Or does she, well, really she just did. Me- I yeah. mean she
2: had personal archives from uh, like audio tapes and recordings and things that, that she was with Hynek. Um, and so we were just starting to crack into that. I think we probably still have access, you know, with the family helping us to see what else might be in there. Wow. Um, but we also have new leads now on other researchers who have passed away, but we've got access to some of those archives um, to get in and, and see. Like, there's the official government, you know, Project Blue Book cases, but mm-hmm. then there's the supplemental stuff you don't see in the case files. And the stuff that happened after with Heineck so, I mean, it's just awesome. It's like going to the, these iconic UFO sites and talking to witnesses who are still alive. It's the weirdest stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff that inspired Steven Spielberg, you know, like to make um, some of his movies came yeah. from these cases. That's, that's insane. Um,
1: with all the knowledge that you know of UFOs and them being like, you know, like I, I've seen some clips too, like the, the classic declassified files, where like UFOs move so fast and like they're so just like ahead of time for especially all, like what we know here in the gov in our government. So, if UFOs really what like were here, like don't you think like like would we even stand a chance against them if they wanted to like come and like take over? <laughs> Realistically,
2: probably not. I mean, and that's the main thing that people say is like, well, are they benevolent or are they here to hurt us? Right. It's like, well. The theory I like to think of is if they wanted to, they, are, they would have already done it. Right. However, you could be dealing with multiple races, right? 100%. I mean, we kind of assume that it's they and it's like this just one group. But people who claim to have been abducted, some of them talk about multiple races they've been in communication really? with or whatnot. And so some of them have different agendas, right? And the good ones are trying to stop the bad ones from hurting us. I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, I don't have any evidence of that. Yeah. But – there could be multiple agendas and you're right. Like the stuff that I've seen and I've had three encounters of my own is so far beyond, so far beyond anything we have conventionally that um, (laughs) I don't think we'd stand a chance. I mean, they're already able to dance circles around our jets. Yeah. Right. And and if they have weapons that, you know, they could easily take us out. So we just kind of have to, to go along with, Trying to be friends. Yeah, <laughs> I feel
0: like it's so far-fetched, but, like, I believe that we're just so far behind that that's why we haven't had more encounters and more, like, I mean, actual proof visits. Because why do they want to see, like, the ants on the road? Like, yeah, but if
1: you think about it, they <laughs> say that the government is 10 years ahead of what we know that they are.
0: That is true, too.
1: And, like, I don't know what you th- – I want to hear about your experiences for sure right after this question. But, like, do you, do you agree or do you think that the government is years in advance of what we know currently?
2: I mean, sure. I I think we got cool toys out there, but I, I also think we might still be dealing with jets, you know, yeah. just jet propulsion and not anti-gravitic stuff. That um, it, it it's like we're talking about hundreds of years possibly ahead, you yeah. know. Of of and some people say thousands of years. I don't know about that. We've come through the space age really quickly, um, so it'd be really cool if we've developed anti-gravitic propulsion. But, um, it, as far as, you know, the rumors that you hear and the tech coming out, they said, for example, the, um, what was it? The stealth bomber,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: they, they were working on that technology decades before,
1: right.
2: you know, when we finally saw it, but it's still jet. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm not impressed with it, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but we're, we're talking about silent craft, craft that I've seen hover over my head. Well, not hover, but silently float over my head at a thousand feet with no sound.
0: Wow. Wow.
2: You know, that's, that's the type of thing that I I just don't think is ours.
1: We got to know some of these experiences. Can you please (laughs) break down your favorite one? Like What happened? Sure.
2: I live in Huntington Beach, California. Okay. And, um, I was, I was running on the outdoor track at this high school at night and, uh, my wife, she was, I was dating her at the time. I, I'm not a big runner, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I like how it feels when I'm done, you know normally it's like so I was I ran like a mile and a half around this track and she was still going around and um, I was on the on the grass and so it's dark okay it's like nine o'clock. It's dark and the stadium lights aren't on where we're at, but there's a grocery store across the street and you can kind of see the mercury lights from that store kind of coming over. You know, the top of the stadium, so you kind of see there's a glow of light. Mm -hmm. Well, so I'm down on the grass, and I'm stretching, and I'm looking up, and there's a a marine layer of clouds a 1,000 feet up. And I know because I, I looked up the weather report right after. And all of a sudden, I see this object, and it's got three points of light on it. Okay, but very, very dimly lit. They're not. They're not aircraft lights. It, it sounds weird, but they almost look like the, you know those big medicine balls you have at the um, the gym. Yeah. Right. You sit on them. They're like huge. They were spheres, and they were just softly glowing, and mm-hmm. one on each point. And this thing just flies over my head, completely silent. It's almost like you just take a movie and you turned it off, and you're like because you're expecting to hear something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it just goes shoo, over the top of my head, super fast into my right. And I'm like, what the, and so my wife is running around the, the track and I, she's coming around the corner and I'm like, I think I just saw it. And she goes, a UFO. She's like, I saw it too. I was like, Oh, thank goodness you saw this. Wow. And It was so crazy because you're like pinching yourself. And I'd always heard about black triangles. The, the strangest thing of all, okay, aside from it being silent, was I saw as it was partly cloudy, it went in and out of the clouds slightly, so I knew that it was a physical object. I could see the clouds kind of roll over the front of it. Wow. Um, but the underside of it, okay, I'm like now drinking the Kool-Aid because as you look straight up into it, it was either painted the same color as the sky above or it had some sort of cloaking technology, Wow. Because it was like there was no middle part.
1: That's crazy. So you, yeah. it was low enough that like, you could clearly see all this. Like, it wasn't like it could have been yeah. a, a shooting star. It was nothing like that.
2: Oh, no, no. And the only way that I knew it was a solid structure, not three balls of light, was um, because that light from the, the parking lot of the grocery store across the street, it had enough light that was spilling over the stadium that um, I think it was reflecting off of those spheres. Mm. It was just, I don't even know if it was generating its own light. It was just sort of reflecting a, a, a light glow. And I could very faintly make out the edge of the triangle between those spheres. Other than that, it was completely transparent in the middle. Wow,
0: I've actually experienced something too. What? If you want to hear, I've never told anyone. No. I was—I uh, I don't know why. I was I'm with learning
1: my, all new things today. I, uh,
0: re- I recently got finished working on my car. I lowered it, so I drove up to Angeles Crest with my buddy to take pictures of it. And we're leaving. It's like 10 p.m. and we're just driving down, just talking, listening to music. And he goes, "Look up there!" And we look to the sky. We're coming down, and we see the same thing, like a triangle light thing in the sky. There was a bunch of cars parked. watching it too like everyone kind of stopped and we're seeing it and it was just kind of like but there was multiple there was at least two of them and they were like like going around each other and like doing like weird things no way and i look at my buddy and i said what the is that and he laughs at me and he goes yo angeles crest is always supposedly like getting sightings of stuff like this i've seen a couple times like weird stuff like this he's like i don't know what it is it could be an alien and like we kind of we didn't stop i kind of just like blew past my head and was just like well that was weird let's continue but to this day, like it was never in the news, it was never nothing like that. It was what, just like what year
2: was it? Do you remember? It was uh, last year. Really?
0: Yeah, it was uh, around this time last year.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that is a cool area, just mm-hmm. north of LA, right?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. insane.
2: Yeah, your brother didn't even know. (laughs) know. I'm like,
1: damn, I'm the only one that has no alien experiences here? I'm pissed. Like, when's my UFO time? I want to see one. Did you almost not believe what you see? Like, is it a time where you're just like, this can't be real?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, my first one wasn't as dramatic, but it's still like it was – I was on a cruise. I was actually working for Orkin Pest Control uh, in Florida during college, and I was, like, there for the summer – and we decided to go on a cruise from, um, Fort Lauderdale out to the Bahamas. And on the return, there was like this meteor shower going on. So me and my buddy decided to go up to the top deck and we're laying there and, um, we <laughs> sidebar. Okay. We met a couple girls. They were like the only girls our age, like on the, <laughs> on the ship. And, uh, one of them was a psychologist. So she was like more like, you know, a woman, but like. I was, I was in my 20s. I was your guys' age, a little bit younger. Anyways, um, we're sitting there watching the stars, and all of a sudden, she one of the girls goes, hey, what's that? And I watched this light, and I was about to say, well, duh, it's a satellite. Because <laughs> it's going in a straight line. Yeah. yeah. But then all of a sudden, it starts doing this S turn, and it starts going like this. Wow. Okay? And it goes off in a different direction. I was like, what? And... You know, I was a pilot even then, and I, I know that if that was a, a satellite at that altitude or plane, a plane you would have heard, mm-hmm. uh, if it was a satellite, the G-forces would be incredible. Like, no craft with a human occupant, the human wouldn't survive unless there's, like, some inertia displacement, right? Right. And and, and so, to answer your question, I got home, and it did change my life for, like, several days, Because I thought about it and I was like, I already had an open mind to this, Mm -hmm. but I I didn't want to sort of eat or anything. I just wanted to find out more about this and what does it mean and when are they going to come visit us and who knows about this. And I made a report online. I was like, obsessed. Wow. Yeah. Okay, but the thing is, after those three or four days, you got to go back to work.
1: Yeah.
2: You got to go to school.
1: Life goes on.
2: And I think that's how most people are. They're Mm -hmm. like, I saw something so crazy, but what can I do about it? Yeah. Like I, I, it's not like I can quit my job and and go full time. Well, now I kind of do that, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, but it kind of changes your life. But, but if you already had an open mind to it, you, you accept it and you're just like, okay, that was really cool. If you didn't have an open mind to it, you're going to make up some ridiculous explanation and move on. Right.
0: I think it's really cool that you took your childhood dream and Thinking about UFOs and stuff, you made it your whole lifetime job. Yeah, you know, you profession. made a whole career out of it. I think that's really cool. A lot of people don't get to do that in no, their life. You know, that is awesome. no,
2: they don't. And I, I consider myself lucky. And I always tell people, like, every one of us has some sort of a dream mm-hmm. or something that, like, probably kind of keeps bugging you and poking you. And sometimes you work on it and you put it away for a bit, and then a couple years down the road, something else happens, and it brings you back to it. Yeah. And it's like this kind of thread that continues. And, and you know, pay attention to that. It doesn't mean that that's gonna, how you're going to make your money right. in life or your success or whatever. But there's a reason, I think, that we have experiences as kids. And sometimes we keep being drawn back like a magnet, you know, to those same things throughout your life. So pay attention to it, you know. Maybe it's trying to tell you something.
1: Most definitely. I agree, I, I agree with that 100%. I,
0: I had one really last outlandish question that I have to ask. If a UFO came down in your front yard and said, Ben, cut, get in, let's go, and you had no idea where, where you're going, would you go?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you. But you like, have to leave everything uh, if, behind. If you're familiar with uh, the story of Travis Walton and, I am not. Uh, fire in the Sky and the the Seven Loggers, you know, like there was a movie about it. Okay. He's been asked that question because he was gone for five days and I fully believe him. He would say, no, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a very scary thing for him. He doesn't now think they were trying to hurt him. but I don't know. I mean because because you know I'm married now with kids and like how would I explain to them if I didn't come back? Yeah, yeah I true. guess I couldn't explain to them. <laughs> <laughs> just know. <laughs> well look, you know you never you don't know what their intentions are. That is true. yeah t- if, if they were t- like, look, okay, you know here's here's another witness who came with us and he's fine. And we just want to show you some things.
1: We back in a week, whatever.
2: You know, maybe I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> well, look,
1: look. The name of the, the show is "Share Your Scare." So, what is your biggest scare?
2: I'll tell you something, maybe that's not related to UFOs. Sure. Okay. Okay. So this is kind of funny because this is like what my wife. Uh, she she teases me about this, but okay, <laughs> this might be applied to you to you guys too. I don't know if if you're like you know dating or whatever, but okay. I was, I was really afraid of marriage, and I was really afraid of, like, commitment, okay? Mm. And, and uh, I also felt like if you're going to overcome your fears in life, you need to do it little by little, right. okay? Yeah. So I read a bunch of relationship books and everything. It was like, to, to get into commitment, okay, move your, like, I had this apartment, and I never brought my, my bed down. I only slept on a mattress on the floor. <laughs> so one week I went home, and I brought my whole bed. And then another week I, you know, brought it down a microwave and a TV and I'm like, I'm going to commit to things. Okay. Well, it was, it was sort of working, but eventually I decided to do some therapy of my own. And, um, one, one thing I was always fascinated with was, was sharks. Okay. And, um, I always wanted, I have been a scuba diver for a while, but I always wanted to go great white shark diving. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) it sounds scary already. Um, (laughs) Like a year or two into filming one of my other shows on sci-fi, you know, fact or faked, um, I got together some friends and we kind of chartered this boat that left out of San Diego. And uh, I, was, I was just dating my wife at the time and she's like, she, want, she couldn't get away from work and whatever. So it's just me and my buddies. And um, I always thought if I could get into a cage and look at a great white shark, through the bars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Knowing that that animal, if you weren't in there would just no hesitation, eat you up. Yeah. Like tear you to shreds. If I could do that, I was like, I can do anything. I can get married. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get there and, uh, it's like a day's trip. You got to go to Ensenada. Then you got to go back out to Guadalupe. But this is where they film shark week stuff. Oh, wow. The water is so clear. It's like a hundred foot visibility. And, uh, so the day, the morning of you get up and they're throwing out tuna and stuff, getting the water all ready for the sharks. And they're like, okay, guys, we have a couple of them out here already. Who wants to be first? And I'm like, okay, I'll go. So we got (laughs) two cages at the back of the boat. Okay. So like in Jaws, you know, they're hanging, the cages are attached to the back of the boat. And they put two people in each cage, and and this one doesn't have. A, you don't have your own tank. You have a like a snooba hose coming down. Okay. You're just breathing from this hose, yeah. and you're you're like heavily weighted. Okay, so first of all, when you get in there, you got to make sure you don't miss and jump beyond the cage, or you <laughs> sink down 200 feet.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: The cage door on the top is open. Okay. They keep it open, but it comes up maybe about three feet above the water. So they're just hoping that the shark is not going to jump over the top and just
0: go in. Yeah, wow. would
2: suck. Okay, so I jump in, and the cage to my right, there was these two sisters, and and they jump in the cage in their cage, and I'm in my cage by myself. My my friend hadn't come in yet. I'm looking around. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like the (laughs) sharks could come out of like anywhere and just come up to you. Like, I don't know where they're at. Uh And I took a look to my right. And on the, the other cage where these two girls are, um, the, the, uh, one guy, a photographer had just jumped in there. And so the three of them are kind of sitting there. And I was like, is that the way this is supposed to be? The door to their cage that leads to the open ocean is wide open. <laughs> it's like it's like like this garage door thing. It's like chung. It is like like seven feet by five feet hole, like wide open to the ocean. Oh my god! Okay, uh-huh. And I'm like ah. <laughs> so I got the, the regulator in my mouth. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I'm like pointing, and they're waving to me, and they're like, hey. I was like, I can't talk to him I'm like, <laughs> the door's open. And what had happened, it had the little, like the surfing leash, you know, that you have the Velcro strap. Yeah, yeah. That's what they were using to keep the door closed with. Oh. And when they put the cage in the water, they didn't close the door.
0: Oh, oh wow. God. And
2: all of a sudden out of the deep blue comes this huge shark. Okay. This, they call him Bruce because he has kind of a smile. Um, I think he's, a. Uh, he was at least a 14 or 15 footer. Wow. Okay. This this male Bruce. And he just comes up with his, his fins down like he's investigating. He starts swimming. So he's about like 40 feet away and he's doing this thing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh I got a front row seat. I'm gonna see the shark come in and eat all three of these people.
0: Oh my god.
2: And so the photographer who's done this quite frequently, I can't believe he did this. He inches out on the floor of the cage, and the shark now is is probably about 25 feet from him, okay, wide open. And remember, he's got a weight belt. If he falls off of the lid of this door, he's he's gone down 200 feet. Straight down,
0: yeah.
2: Right? And he grabs the end of it and slowly pulls the door back while the the girls are, like, kind of grabbing his feet. And they close it just in time. Oh okay, my god! And wrap the thing up, and then the shark like comes probably like within five feet and does this thing and kind of you know bumps the cage, investigating it. Wow. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like every other um, expedition out there has had a breach in the cage, except for this one. I don't think they've had any breaches. But when I got up, there, and I love the crew, and that's why I won't say who it was. Yeah, <laughs> I love the crew, but <laughs> they were like. Oh yeah, yeah. We saw that. That was pretty crazy. I mean, <laughs> thanks, thanks for closing the door. <laughs>
0: oh know, my saying? god, that could have ended so badly. I'm surprised you kept breathing through it.
2: Like I want I know, like, man. <laughs> and and you know, like I guess the end of the story is, I really, really enjoyed it. But it did take me several more years <laughs> to get married. It was like three <laughs> or four after. It didn't do exactly what I wanted it to, but. <laughs> It turns out marriage and sharks are not exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, oh. it could have been a lot worse. You could have, I was expecting you to lift your arm and not have one. And I was and like, <laughs> oh.
2: And then this happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, and everything went
2: fine.
1: <laughs> Man. So would you do it again?
2: Oh, go absolutely. To... It was so awesome. And it's like, you know, the, the, the best part of that whole trip is that they um, if you're scuba certified, you can go in the submersible, which takes you like 30 feet down. Oh wow. And so that was a whole other thing. I mean I I made a little video I could show you later, but it's yeah. like yeah. that thing they raise it up and down by putting air in a bag. Okay, so that's how they get it up and down. And the dive instructor sits on top of the cage. So he's pretty much fully exposed running this thing as you're going down. And the night before I did it I had dreams all night long that sharks, because they're they're around the boat all night, just like in Jaws, you know. I was thinking they're going to bump the boat. Uh-huh. They're going to, like, try to get to us. You have all these weird dreams. I get in there, and this time you do have a tank with you, but I go 30 feet down, and we have, like, seven. Seven. And none of them were, like, smaller than 12 feet. They were oh, all between yeah. 12 and 15 feet. Just circling me in this little cage, and I'm just, it's like a little elevator. Yeah. And I'm just looking around, and all the, I'm like, And I see the guy up above, he's sitting up there on top exposed. And I'm like, dude, I'm forgetting what happens. If they chomp on him, how do I get back to the boat? Like they, (laughs) I don't remember any instructions. (laughs) Nobody told me like pull on the rope, you know, and like tug on it or something like let us know there's a problem. And, uh, this big female, I think she was about 15 feet comes straight towards him. And she came in no joke within four feet of him. And he just didn't move. He just sitting there and then it veers off at the last second. I'm like, dude And he's like, Yeah, I was getting a little bit nervous when she came really close <laughs> That's and I'm balls
1: like falls a seal right there. Yeah. I don't know how
2: they do it, but yeah, I would go again. But, man, the people who free dive, the people who, like, h- hold on to them as they're swimming, that is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah they're insane. playing with their lives there. Wow. <laughs> well, Ben, what can you tell us about your show? Where, where can people watch the show?
2: Yeah, so um, it's not about sharks. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's called UFO Witness, and it's on Discovery+. Plus. So um, there, there was one episode on Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Travel Channel. And probably, you know, down the line, they'll probably put the full season on there. But for now, it's a Discovery Plus original. So um, you can go check, you know, if you have Kindle, um, Apple TV, you know, Roku, any of that stuff will have it. You can download it to your your phone and all that. Fire. There's like a free trial period, but a lot of, of really good content. Um, I think they bought all of uh, history and A and E's like archive stuff. So if you're in ancient aliens and all that, like we yeah. have all that on there too. Wow, oh, sweet! That's yeah, awesome. We're gonna have
1: to definitely check that out. Um, we're almost out of time here, but is there any last words that you would like to tell the people that are listening right now?
2: <laughs> um, sure. I mean, I think it's awesome that, that people are really into this subject now, and um, I think it's really cool when when you actually research, right? And and go beyond just what the movies and TV because our show really like takes, um, it takes the stories of, of witnesses and we recreate them and tell them in an entertaining way, which is really impactful. Mm -hmm. But if that's something that moves people to be interested in it, I would just encourage everybody to pick up a book or, you know, look into it and, and stay tuned because we're having some, some really great things coming forward as far as UFOs go. Um, The world in general has really interesting things happening right now. So stay safe, stay prepared, and uh, we'll see what happens. There we go. That's
1: it. Ben Hansen on Share Your Scare. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, we will see you guys then. Peace. Thanks for listening to SUS. Share Your Scare. Make sure to subscribe and check back every Wednesday for new episodes. And don't forget to tell your friends. Follow all of our social media links at shareyourscare.com. We're going to be doing tons of giveaways, but only for our most active fans. If you have a scare of your own that you want to share, leave us a voicemail. Our number is 626-275-8695. Or if you just want to shoot us an email, our email is shareyourscarepod at gmail.com. And that's spelled with a U-R. Until next Wednesday, stay sus.